Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome to another episode of LB at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the Designer Relations Developer at Ayrton Lighting, as well as Columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. It is another day in self-isolation. My hands are very well washed. I went and bought a, another mask the other day just so I could rotate the, the three of them so that I have one to be wearing while I'm washing the other two so I'm staying responsible. I am really excited today because one of the things that I love about our industry is that it's, we're kind of a boutique industry. We're, it's a very small community of people, and yet even 30 years into the industry, you can still be meeting new people. I had a very interesting situation where uh, some friends of mine from San Francisco who are friend, longtime friends of my family they knew this guy who was in the lighting industry and I'm like, ah, oh, yeah, that's great. I would love to meet this guy. That sounds great. But, uh, sometimes it's, it's like, yeah, what are the chances that we're actually going to know each other? It's like saying, yeah, I know somebody from Canada and you're like, well, Canada's pretty big, but now is the time to reach out and meet those people. You know, there's, there's, there's all the time in the world right now. We, we did all the learning that we could, we, we lit everything up red and we're still here. We're still in this situation. So now's the day to just kind of look in your address book or go online and find somebody in the industry that you're like, man, I, I don't know this person. I'm going to reach out and shoot an email and make the world a little smaller. Reach out to somebody you don't know. It might be awkward. It might be weird at first, but I, I totally fully encourage you to just reach out to somebody you don't know and have a conversation. So that's what I'm doing today. We have mutual friends, but this is our first time meeting. His name is Hunter Pipes. He is a chief visionary at Iris Intelligent Lighting out of San Francisco. Thank you so much for making the time to sit with me. I know you're very busy as a new father. <laughs> uh, that, that, yes. Busy as a father, yes. Busy, no. <laughs> <laughs> Being a father is a, a whole job on its own. Oh my God, is it ever. Congratulations. Uh, thanks. Yeah, we're almost, I've almost made it two years. Awesome. Uh -huh. We had our first visit to the emergency room last week. Uh, I was hoping to get to that two-year mark, but, you know, everything's okay. It was a little scratch. Uh, but the nurse said to me, or said to my wife, said that they were surprised that we hadn't seen us before based on the way the kid was climbing on all the furniture in the waiting room. Uh -huh. Oh uh, man. So <laughs> every day is a, that was the lighted up red day. And boy, did we ever, you know, two years without going to the emergency room. Yeah. yeah. Congratulations. I, I feel like I did something right. When it came to uh, our kids, we didn't make it to, I think we made it about seven months and I think it was something really 
what I considered to be silly and my wife was thought was far more serious and yeah, and I was like, nah, we don't go to the emergency room for that. And she's like, we are going to the emergency room for that. I'm like, well, I've been outvoted. Yeah, when when it's time to go, you just gotta go. Yeah. You know, and, and we looked at it and we called the doctor and the doctor said, if it's anything related to a, t- a toddler in their head, go. Yeah. You know, what and we all we had it we're lucky enough that we were covered by insurance. And uh so we you know, that's the best fifty dollars emergency visit you could you could have yeah no, no stitches you got a lollipop and it's you know they cleaned them up and we're out <laughs> that's a 50 dollar lollipop right there but i tell you what it was peace of mind alone yeah uh when it came to our kids we we had one uh, our daughter was the wild one and she we went and we ended up at the emergency room all the time and same thing usually same thing usually was uh, the deal just Here's a lollipop. Yeah, that happens to kids. Yeah. Carry on. Yeah. I, I mean, he fell down. I picked him up. He, did, he barely cried. And I just holding him. And then I looked down. There's blood all over my shirt and out the side of his head. I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, we were, he was just, I was standing two feet away from him, sweeping the driveway, and he was jumping on his little trampoline. And he's done it a hundred times before and just, Hit the, hit, the, hit the ground and split his head open. Yep. The first time of many, I'm, I'm afraid <laughs> to say. First time yeah. of many. So I want to tell people our, our meeting story because I think it's really interesting because it's happened to me a few times where somebody asks what you do and our first response is usually fairly vague. Like, oh, I, I do lighting because I don't usually like to say who I do lighting for or stuff because it usually leads to other conversations that exactly fairly vague at first but if people pry enough that you finally okay well I do if people are truly interested they'll figure it out yeah exactly so how do you usually respond to that question what's your what do you you usually tell people we do I typically say I specialize in concert lighting okay I'm a, I'm a lighting, I'm a lighting guy. I'm a lighting designer or a lighting director. What does that mean? What does it do? I say? I do all, I, cause I do TV. I do all sorts of stuff, but I specialize in, in concert lighting and lighting shows. Right and, on. A con- and a concert to that, that person can think 20,000 people or 500 people. And it doesn't matter because I'll, we'll cover that spectrum. Um, but I don't, don't, don't ever start with, Oh, I've done this. I've done that. I've done this. Just, it's <laughs> no, not a good look. No. Uh, what about when somebody else introduces you as the wrong title? So one of the things that happens to me often is somebody will be like, oh, this is my son. He's the lighting designer for Fleetwood Mac. And I'll, and I'll my first instinct is like, oh, I'm just the lighting director. But it depends on who, who's... Well, I guess I look at it this way. I don't take compliments well, or when people do that to me in general, I, it makes me uncomfortable. Right. So there's enough ambiguity in someone who's not in the industry between a designer and a director. Mm-hmm. It, it, it goes over their head, right. I think. So I, if it's something that someone's actually done a design for, absolutely give that designer credit. If you're going in and taking a, an existing space and 
doing what you can with it. You know, you're, are you a designer at that point? Sort of. Yeah. I gotta figure out how to smash all this stuff, make it work for my show. It's so, it's less important. And just kind of go, I do this and that and change the subject or what ask them what they do. Let them talk. (laughs) Yeah. It's a weird one because I, I would love to correct them and like go into a discussion about the difference between a designer and a director, but I think I could just see their eyes glaze over and they're like, all I heard was Fleetwood Mac or yeah, all I heard yeah, was yeah. Don Henley there. I didn't hear, I didn't even hear lighting director or designer. It, exactly. And it, there's a lot, so much sticker shock with that, that it, 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 it what just happened, you know? And you just have to kind of look at those people and gauge what level of engagement that the, you want to give them or is that, it sounds arrogant, but mm-hmm. you just have to say, oh, okay, they're starstruck, but that they'll be starstruck or while wow, they're actually really interested in this and I want to clarify it or I want to do it in front of the person who introduced me so they don't screw it up the next time they introduce me. <laughs> yes. That's really the, that's the, get to the, get to the core of where we all went wrong. Mm-hmm. They should just say you worked with some. You do lights. I do lights. lights. For, I do lights, man. I do lights. Uh, then, yeah, because I usually know. I think you and I both know that eventually, as soon as the, the band name comes out, you've lost all. Like they're not going to be asking about you per se anymore. It's usually going to be, uh, oh, do you get to hang out with Tool? Like, do you know all the guys in the band? Are they do they hang out on your bus? It's it, the questions are they they run the gamut. Yeah, it's 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 and, and, and I'm like try not to be a superficial person. And when I see somebody go that route, I don't it's, I, it's shrug my shoulders enough that that I become un, uninteresting. Hopefully, <laughs> you try and so throw a get, smoke screen up. Well, you just you let them have the get lost in their moment, and then when they get they start to pry and just ask the you just. You know, it's like, yeah, I don't really want to talk about work right now or, mm. or because, you, you know, what's going on back, we all know what goes on backstage. Nothing. You know, Nothing. This, this isn't, this isn't 1989. Nope. This is, you know, this is, it's all, it's. Yeah. It's but, just, it's, you can't explain it to anybody because there's nothing to explain. It's just a, you're in, in an arena with some a bunch of wires going everywhere. Yeah. And, and there's a, you can hear a lot of noise that you can't, that's unintelligible. <laughs> there's you a know? bunch of people playing on their phones back there. Yeah, yeah totally. Waiting for the shit yeah. to end. Yep. Yeah. So you and I have mutual friends and John and Da have been my family's friends for over a decade. They have come to our house. We've had Thanksgiving dinner and they've always mentioned their, the lighting guy next door and for 10 years now, I've never known that it was you. And then totally unrelated, your name popped up in an email of uh, somebody who's doing cool things. And, uh, and now here we are, it, just making connections, making the world a little smaller. It's, it's, it's nice to e-meet you, Chris. <laughs> Thank you. The, the feeling is mutual. Uh, uh, and, and it's funny, too, because when the neighbors, you know, when they were – like we know this guy. As soon as a lot of times, as soon as you say that, you're just like, "Oh, here we go again," you know. And you you think that the odds of you knowing this person again are that one in one million, and 
and or not one in one million, but you probably have worked with them a thousand times. And then, mm-hmm. and you're like, oh, my God, here's another lighting guy. Do you know this guy? And, and I said, no, I don't. And then I looked you up, and I said, oh, he's, he's, yeah. he's got, he's got, he's legit. If I don't know him, we should we should get to meet each other. So <laughs> yeah, here we yeah. are. Yeah, that's one of one of the uh, one of the the themes we're talking about. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into it. How did you get into the industry? What what made you think that you needed to be uh, a lighting guy? I it started in when I was seven, probably or eight. Uh, you're ten years younger than me. I'm forty three, forty two. Yeah, well, I'm almost. I'll be fifty one in two weeks. Congratulations. So back in the 70s, we Panasonic made a product that was a little blue lunchbox tape recorder, cassette recorder that was, you know, ran on four double D batteries. And I carried it with me everywhere. And I recorded the, the local band at the golf course when I was in the summer, or, you know, or whatever, anything I could get my hands on with this tape recorder. And so at that point, I knew... I was into, I was in the talent shows in, in elementary school and first grade. I did rhinestone cowboy as Glenn Campbell. And the second grade was like the rubber band man with rubber bands on my feet, the spinners. And, and I, so I was always attracted to the, to the theater and the performance side of things. Uh, my first concert was kiss was like nice. my legitimate concert. Uh, was in 19, I had the dates. I actually wrote all, I wrote, my concerts down as th- the things that influenced me the most. Uh, and the first concert I actually saw was the Beach Boys. And then I saw the, the Osmonds. Nice. So, so at my young age, I'd seen two things that I, um, you know, my parents had taken me to. And then I was a Kiss fan. And so about third grade, I guess it was like third or fourth grade, uh, Kiss was coming to town and my father Parents wouldn't take me, but my dad had his boss's secretary take me to the show. And, and it <laughs> changed my, you know, I mean, you saw the pyro, you heard all that stuff. And I, I was done at that point, 10 years old. Like, this is my jam. Um, you did want to rock and roll all night. Oh, absolutely. And the, the most odd thing, and I'm going to show this to you on the camera. I have a ticket stub from the last concert I went to in March. Kiss. And, and the, road. the road tour. So I found that extra, I just got goosebumps. Like, wow. Uh, yeah, I just got goosebumps. Rap um, talk about round, uh, coming full circle. Man. Uh, will the circle be unbroken? Um, so yeah, I knew kid, like that was my thing. And then coming up through school, uh, at junior high, I DJed the, the school dances. Um, and it was, you know, it had power amp, was into power amps and speakers. And, and we made our own light box out of rheostats. You could tap on the rheostats and we painted the light bulbs with watercolor paint. I was into it. Wow. Had, had uncle uh, uncles that were into crazy shit. Like, uh, had a backpack that would fire bottle rockets by triggering old flash bulbs that they, they, they would take the flash bulb apart and use the flash bulbs and he had a switch and you flip the switch, the light would come on. You flip the switch again, the battery would set the flash bulb off and the flash bulb would ignite the fuse and the bottle rocket would fly out of the fucking backpack. So he was like, help. Mad scientist stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool, cool, cool uncle stuff. Really, nice. he, had an, he had an oscilloscope. I mean, it was the, 
I was into it. So he helped us do this thing. We would, so we had, you know, two red, two blue, two green floodlights, and you could tap on the three rheostats and they'd blink. You turn them all up and down and dim them for the slow song. And so I, you know, it just was like a natural thing. And How old were you at this point? I was in fifth grade. Wow. So I, my first grade project, I don't know why it just popped in my head for a science fair. I made a light bulb that ran on potatoes and lemons yeah. with, with, uh, with corrugated, uh, galvanized metal and, yep. and brass. It was like eight potatoes and six lemons and, and, and the freaking light worked yeah. not for long, but it worked, you know? So that, I, I can't believe that memory just came flooding in. Like just, uh, <laughs> we can't like, run shows on uh, lemons and potatoes anymore. This but is true. Well, we're working on it. We're, we're working. getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I got, it's, you, can do, you can run a truck on, on, on uh, Greece. You can, we might yeah. get there. Yep. <clears throat> so the light, you just really made the light go off over my, how, I don't know how I missed that my entire <laughs> Because I've told this story a million times. How do you get people ask you? How do you get into it? You know, it was uh, a potato and some lemons, and I yeah, it. totally. Uh, but I remember that that project now, like night, like I remember sitting in the living room with that. So I was always drawn into it. Uh, in high school, I was the theater nerd, but I was the theater nerd in the way that the English teacher was the theater teacher as well. Uh huh. And I expressed so much interest in the theater that I got out of English class. Okay. So, so when we were in the, we, he would be teaching an English class and I would be in the theater with the, with the, the console and Lico's and, and raiding the prop closet for a good trench coat or whatever. You know what I mean? Like we were just me and another friend of mine who was, who was an older guy were like, we would drink and do, you know, like we hang out in the catwalk. It was, it's like our little playground. Yeah. Uh, so again, I was into it. And in so many ways, theater was an escape in that way. Yeah. I mean, I, I did, I was tried my hand at acting and really enjoy it, but I somewhere along the line realized that I just much more comfortable behind the scenes because I can make whatever's happening on the scene. I can contribute more than uh-huh. I would if I was on the stage. Right. You know, so I, it, 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 it's still, I still get that passion and that, that feeling of like, here comes my line that may just be strobe scope, but it's, it's, it's your, your thing. So that continued on. And then I got into high school or not out of high school, but in that period between high school and college, I was working in a bar. Uh, I was underage and I was working as a DJ and I, they had a bank. So basically you had a club that would open. There was a DJ. Then the band would play a set. Then the DJ would come on. Then the band would play another long set. The DJ would come on and be in the night. Uh-huh. Um, so I started working with this local cover band and they had a bunch of lights, par 46s, 56s, 64s, a couple ACLs, you know, like a little bar rig. And it was a house band. So they had two, two, Two champ, you know, two A B scene leprechaun with bump buttons. That was it. And so I started doing lights for the band when I wasn't DJing. And I loved it. I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. And I would go in and and but the sound guy had all the stuff. He had the big console and oh, yeah. all the and I and I was like, this is what I really want to do. I mean, I would I I was trending away from lighting at that point because 
I just didn't have any access to anything but but this and this. I was in Kentucky, you know, Podunk, right? And uh, but I had a knack for it, and and I could tell that what I was doing made an impact on people at the show. You know, you you can you, you know when you you know you get that thing comes down and you go all red and then people get into it and then you go all white and their eyes smack shut and you, or smack, you know, yeah. you, you see that, that impact or, and so I kind of got, I always knew that was there, but I, there was beyond a bar band ring. I was never going to be able to express that. So I wanted to be an, an audio guy. And so I, and I learned about, I mean, I brought a mixing console into my sixth grade talent show so that we could do what we were trying to do. I was like, no, we can't do this with a record player and two mics. We have to bring in a thing and do this stuff to do what we were trying to do. And, and I got convinced the school to go to the local music store, rent the freaking mixer. And, you know, so I, I had some fundamental knowledge and understanding of that. And so I, I decided I wanted to do that for, and I pursued it and I got into um, staging in the nineties. But because I couldn't get any access to anything super pro. So I, I was living in Miami and I went and got hired at the local union to do a steel build for the new kids on the block. Okay. And, and I had not, not ever, you know, besides uh, um, steel wheels in 89. Uh, I don't know if you remember that tour, but it was yep. like, holy shit. I've never seen anything like that in my life. You know, again, I've gone to that show as a patron and blown my head off and and so i go to as a 20 year old kid go living in miami uh because i yeah whatever living in miami uh i suddenly came back in this in in the stadium and there's scaffolding and i was climbing around and i you know i was like into it so i decided this is my path into the pro into the scene i'm just gonna stick with building scaff and being a, a steel junkie at, at 20 years old, and I couldn't get enough of it. The adrenaline was amazing. You're yeah. climbing, you're lifting, you're, you know, you're just like, you're in the sun. You're, 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 uh, no, no one, nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up, you know, you're just, you're doing your thing. And, and so I did that for a long time. And I chased tours around and Grateful Dead and, and all kinds of, you know, stuff and, and, and got to know touring guys because he, they'd see you. You know, as you go into any market, you mm-hmm. know the guys that are good. You, you pick them out. You know their names from the last time you were there. And so I started to become a familiar face. Cool. And I got, uh, it was Genesis tour. Oh, let me, speaking of Genesis, we'll go back. You asked again about the origin. Genesis. So Genesis came out and I guess was it like um, the, the Mama tour. I don't know what year that was. was VLs were a new thing. Yeah, still and new they, then. Yeah, so they came out. And I don't know. I was in maybe sixth or seventh grade, eighth grade. Okay. And, and I remember going to see the tour with the pie, the the, the pie shaped uh, pods of VLs, and it yep. was like again one of those performances that that you never seen anything quite like it. Revolutionary. So, so and as a Genesis fan, musically, you know, I again I remember that moment as as clear as day, just like, wow, that made a difference. So uh, I was on the Genesis tour or doing Genesis stage builds in 1992 and was fascinated because they had 
telescans, you know, on wires that were crossing the jumbotron split into three panels and, and tracked on, you know, it was like the most on top of it stuff you've ever seen. Yeah. So, uh, I was just, that's all I wanted. I wanted access to that technology and that understanding what was going on. And I saw that as continuing as what I was doing until I met that right person. And it came around at the end of Genesis and they needed an extra guy. And it just so happened that people knew me and, and these, the, the guys, the, the, the crew guys already were familiar with me. And the next thing I know it's, Hey, you're going out in guns and roses, you know? And I was like, okay, it's official. I'm not, it's 1992. I'm 20 year, 21 years old. And I'm on tour with guns and roses rigging the fucking roof. Wow. Uh, yeah, motor guy. Because I was small, wiry, and I could climb under the decks and I could get the motors rigged. And I, <laughs> I, I got, you know, I, and I have crazy video from that tour of like climbing 100 feet up with no harness, no helmet, no nothing. Yeah, those, you know, those days and, are long gone. So far gone, so far gone. Yeah. Um, and for better or for worse. Yeah, for better, for better. Yeah. Uh, I mean, a lot of the things to make that are happening now make our jobs more difficult to get done. And in some scenarios, impossible. But, yeah. but, uh, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's crazy. So, again, doing that, I, I was into to shows and I just got immersed in, in everything. And uh, I was working for Stagecoach. So it was like big tours and heavy shit and, and just into it. And I, you know, did, uh, ACDC and I did Bon Jovi and I did, uh, Rolling Stones and all these like things. But again, I'm still just working my ass off, seeing production two days a week. And then the other five days I'm sweating in, you know, some, on some, some terraplast somewhere. Your first tour was Guns N' Roses. You went from not having toured before in Miami to Correct. Guns N' Roses. Correct. So you never did like small bus tour or anything like that? No. You just no. And, and, to the... and, and even on GNR, we flew everywhere. Because oh, wow. We, because we had three systems. Right. Uh, one for universal production and three, three, you know, three decks, two roofs. So I was doing every other show. And so we flew everywhere. We had, I mean, it was just, you know. 21 years old, no idea. You haven't, hadn't really seen the world. It sounds like you'd only been in the South at, the, at that point. Uh, yes, correct, correct, correct. Straight still, to flying first, around the, the world. The first time I ever came to California was, I still have the, I have the VHS video that I took with me on tour <laughs> of driving across the, Golden, or across the Bay Bridge. Uh, and I remember the nights vividly where we went, the name of the club, getting the weed from the girl. And like the whole, uh, every day was like that. You the nineties, the, the early nineties style was touring. Opening. Yeah, it was like Faith No More, Metallica, GNR. At the, in one one afternoon, it was wow. insane. Uh, it, insane, insane. You know, and I was just the kid. They called me the kid. That wasn't uh, like Day on the Green, was it? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Day on the Green. Yeah, yeah. Yep. The mud, the mud flinging fest. It was yep. they, where they ripped up the turf, and were it was like. Near, I was in, in Canada for the riot when they tried to burn Olympic Stadium down. Because Axel the, didn't want no, to go on? Yeah, the night that James got burned. Right. 
I was there. That was the night of the riot because Axel came on late. They came on at like an hour late, hour and a half late. And he did three songs through the microphone at, at the monitor engineer and was gone. You know? Oh, see, see now our, our lives are starting to pass. Our, our life paths are starting to cross again. I was, I grew up in Northern California and there was a couple of us that were going to ditch football practice to go to day on the green until our coach found out that we were going to ditch football practice to go to day on the green. And he let everybody know that if we were off the team, if we didn't show up and, and it was about six people that were willing to give up football to go to day on the green. And they, they did get, they did not get allowed onto the team. And I was, the question is, was not did, they choose, didn't go. did they choose wisely? I wouldn't. I would imagine that they remember day on the green far more than a day than a couple high school, couple weeks of high school football. Yeah, but that's how important that was for them. They're like, I'm making some life choices here, and Metallica and Guns N' Roses win. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's that's how important music is to us. Yeah, it's funny. I, I just was cleaning out some closets the other day, and I came across. Uh, Phil Ely's original drawings. I still have the blueprints for the lighting rig. Wow. Um, yeah, it's in. I had a. There was like a. I had a big storage container that I, I was like, "What's in here?" And it's like all my old uh, plans, all the CAD drawings for the stages. Um, you know, every piece of memorabilia I could I could think of from from all of these epic tours. And, and, and things. And, and so when I was, when I, I actually, so after touring with Guns N' Roses, I went and spent some of that money on education and went, went back, went to, went to full sale. Nice. So, because I had so many questions about what I had learned. And when you're out there, A, you don't have time to really ask those questions. You're doing your job. Right. But, but I, you know, I knew all this. I mean, as a, even though I'm building steel, I knew all about the EVMT4 system and I would hang out with Big Mick and I was still wanted to be a sound guy, you know? And so I went, I came out of after that Guns N' Roses tour and I said, I'm going to take my money. And at that time you could take individual classes at full sale. So I said, I want advanced record. I want to take some recording and I want to take a show production class and see where it, where it all levels at. And I'm in this show production class and I'm, I'm like, asking questions. And I realized I already had the answer. I just didn't know I had the answer. You know, I had the fundamental understanding of it, but I didn't have the, the ability to maybe express it. You had already been out with Guns N' Roses before you went to Full Sail. Correct. Yeah. Right on. Because so, you wanted to progress. I did. I was like, I, I knew I had, you know, gotten the access to these world-class uh, front of house guys. And I was on the riser at every show you know, I mean, I was on show call every night so that, that we had a show. So I was, you know, like it was, no, I would go to front of house and stand and watch the engineer because that's where I wanted to be. And I, you know, I, that started back when I was in high school looking at the, the guy next to me that had all this shit while I'm working on a leprechaun. Uh-huh. So continue into the future way, way past all these tours. I get a job in San Francisco. When I first moved here, I jumped into audio post-production okay and i did audio post-production from 1994 until 2000 something okay uh, when i wrote the internet boom wrote the but i was doing 
television advertising. So okay. I ended up in, in cartoons and Foley and sound design and mixing. And that was my, my world. And so I, I drank way too much coffee and ate too many meals uh, sitting down. And yep. the, then desktop came along and killed recording studios. And right. we, went, we went out of business and um, my marriage fell apart and all this crap happened. And uh, I called Stageco and said, I want to go, go back and went back to work for them for a while. And then I got a job at a club in San Francisco, 500 seat club as an audio guy. And I did that for a while and I was like, this is okay, cool, whatever, love it. And, you know, lighting guy was leaving and uh, his name is, is uh, oh, damn, I want to say Ben Hayes. It's not Ben Hayes. It's Ben, he works for uh, Mark Janowitz. Okay. Uh, ben, ben Price. So You're Ben, good company. Good company. Yeah, yeah, Ben Price. And then uh, also uh, uh, Michelle Surratt. Yep. Used to work there. So they both left and I saw, and Brooke Kimple works there. So I saw an opportunity to, to be, to, to let my creative side out again. And they had a hog 1000 and I said, I'm going to teach myself how to, to do this. And I can't be right. It's not rocket science. Here's okay. Someone explained it. There's pallets, there's this, there's that. And so I, I immediately got an opportunity to do, do a light show. And, uh, my approach was not like a lighting guy. It was like somebody who had done all this other shit for a long time. Okay. And, uh, uh, so I did the show and the booking guy came back and was like, wow, that was really like, I haven't seen anything like that in here in a long, long time. And that did it for me. I was in, I was hooked, you know? Um, yeah. You had a lot more power, a lot more horsepower than some rheostats and some. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. And we had like, it was like, you know, I still work there. It's 15 years later. I still do shows in that room. Nice. You know? And, and uh, we had, we, we had just gotten an MA3 and did one show on it and then we were close. Uh, you know, so, um, COVID strikes again. Yeah. Uh, so there's but, just a brand new MA3 just sitting there waiting for, waiting yeah, I, think, for I think, I think Brooke took it back, back home just to keep it, to keep it company. That's good. You That's know, good. To, to previous in the living room or something, but, but, uh, it, you good. know, so, so that opened the door for me, this 500 seat room, uh, to get creative again and, and started working with some jam, local jam bands and, and got the opportunity to just do my thing and like get a little budget for new year's Eve to do, bring in something and, and, you know, little things can be, can I, can we get some disco balls for one night and do something cool and, you know, just kind of handcraft your show to be something different than everyone else's show. When I think of jack of all trades in our industry, you have hit every single discipline. Just short of doing costuming, you've done just about everything there is to be done in our in our little in niche industry. I, I, I've been very fortunate to, yeah. I, I mean, it's uh, which is why when you brought the topic up of is it more important to be good at one thing, or or to be really strong in a single discipline, or to be spread out? Yeah. Uh, I I have benefited significantly from spreading out uh my jobs i mean i i i was a backline guy for uh ziggy marley a stage manager for ziggy marley and a backline guy for michael fronty and so did did like 
you know, looked, looked stints at this and tried to, at my hand, I tour managed a boy band uh, <laughs> for a van tour. So, so you, you know, did end up doing your van tour. Uh, I did it. Yeah, it was, but it was funny because I had done all these other things and, <laughs> and I got this crazy call to do this band tour. It was an MTV tour and we played every six flags in North America on the East coast. Okay. So you, and we played 45 minute sets. The band did their own load in and load out. All I did was mix drive and tour manage. Okay. For, and then we rode roller coasters. It was, it was amazing, you know, like, so you'd have this noon show or one o'clock show, you'd be done by two 30 and then you ride roller coasters until six. Then you drive to the hotel and, and sleep. And then you drive <laughs> to the next six flags. Uh, so yeah, I, I kind of did all these different things and through that, through being exposed to one thing, you learn a little bit about something else and you, you, you know, like one of the last shows I did, I did, I was doing projection myself and i was like oh we got this you know because i i'd seen it done enough times that i knew the basis of what i was getting myself into it sounds like you've done everything that most people do in the industry except you did it completely out of order (laughs) (laughs) the the roller coaster is a great analogy of your career you've done everything and you like highs and lows and all over the place I, I often say, as, as cliche as it is, that without the lows, there would be no highs. Absolutely. I, I cannot wait to get out of the, this dip and to the top of the next freaking hill so oh. that we can, we can, you know, get, oh, yeah. get uh, moving. The roller coaster has this, come to this, a very yeah, this train stop. has not leaving the station anytime soon. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's yeah, I, I, I'm, I've, it's funny to me to look back over it all uh, and see all the nutty things I've done and, and uh, that's not, I'm taking that calls. Uh, that's Carly Simon telling me I'm the best. That's why I made that, ring, I made that ringtone for positive reinforcement. So anytime my phone rings, it's like, you're, you're the best baby. How did you get to be <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, small man, thing, I, it, small a, things for small minds, man. I, I got to amuse myself. God, it's so, it must be so tough to not want to tell everybody about that when you're at a party or something. Cause you have, it sounds like you have so many great stories from all over the globe. Now it's, I've seen a lot of crazy things and done a lot of crazy things. And it's, you know, to like today I got the reminder five years ago, I was in, Japan and this beautiful concert hall doing this crazy show. And, and, you know, then you look at your timeline and nine years, you know, ago, you're looking for a job and you're super depressed. And two years before that, you're on your, your profile tells you you've been on some tour that you don't even remember. Yeah. You know, it's just gig to gig to gig to gig to gig. What's, what am I going to do next? What am I going to do next? Yeah, we can uh, we can love and hate fa- Facebook for th- reminding us of things we did a year, two, five, ten years ago. Yeah, yeah. Uh, even yeah. worse though is VHS when you see yourself twenty plus years ago. Yeah, thanks, thanks VHS. <laughs> <laughs> a much more agile Chris or uh, Hunter running up some truss here and there. Yeah, no, use the stairs, man. Use the stairs. Uh, Don't jump off a stage. All these things you, you never even. 
thought twice about don't do any work on your knees unless you absolutely have to. God, I used to pride myself on the ability to just jump off the stage. Look at me. I'm 20. I can jump off the stage. Don't tell me what I can and can't do. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah. 40 year old Chris is like, man, you shouldn't have done that. Yeah. You know, if, if 40 year old Chris went and told 20 year old Chris to not jump off the stage, 20 year old Chris would still be like, who the hell are you? (laughs) Okay. Boomer. Okay. Yeah. What do you know? Man, you have done so many things. I, a lot of people that I talk to, the more specialized they get, the more the more they can charge. But when you can do a little bit of everything, like you're gonna you're gonna be always employed. It's, so it, sounds like you, it sounds like <laughs> any, it sounds like it sounds like that's what I always told my mom. You know, <laughs> <laughs> she's laughing now. It sounds like anytime somebody came to you, like, hey, Hunter, can you do this? Your answer is just yes. You don't get very far with no. You just don't. People don't want to hear no. They don't want to. When it's time to say no, you have to say no. And I, I can like speak to that very clearly. But they don't want to hear no. They want to hear how it can get done. Uh, Are you a or, default yes sort of guy? No, 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 no. Or else I would have just said yes, right? <laughs> uh it's true that's true my my intent is to get to yes okay uh because that's what you want you know what i mean as as a client or as a as a yeah ultimately as a client uh i want to get you to yes but okay. it, it may it may not be the way you want to get there and that might be because you don't have enough money Okay. To do like here's your vision. You 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 want to do this thing, but you don't have the, enough money to re- let me let me tell you what it's really going to cost, and then let's figure out how to get you the same level of happiness um, in that in that realm. Okay, that's that's kind of how I try and approach it uh, emotionally. Sounds very pragmatic. I mean, I'm a, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Libra, so I want balance and everything, and I want people to be happy. And when I'm unhappy, it makes me uncomfortable, and I don't want to be around other people. And if other people are unhappy, I absorb it like a sponge and get weird about it. Like, ooh, is it, are they unhappy with me? Is it something I said? Was it, did I say something wrong? Uh, what, what, you know, like, I think about things when they go wrong a year later or more. I can't let go. Wow. And it's, uh, it's a curse. Uh, and there's a lesson in there a lot of times. And sometimes is, is that artist or that manager right or wrong? And did you do your best? And uh, is it Maybe time? even a year later, there's still a lesson to be learned. Or maybe it just takes us that long to learn our lessons. Yeah, yeah. Or you just, or you just still a year later, I'm like, that guy was wrong. Or where, yeah. did, or, or where did this bit of communication breakdown happen? Or how did it get perceived to be this way when it's not, you know? So, so yeah, I want to get you to yes, uh, okay. but I, don't, I won't default to yes. It's, uh, it doesn't serve anybody. You have to look at the situation and decide if, if it's even doable. Would you, would you self-identify as a bit of an empath then? Are you? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. yeah. I'm picking up whatever anyone's putting down. Uh, You're just soaking it all up. It sucks. Um, yeah, yeah, it sucks. It's, it, it's, if you're sad, I'm sad. And, I, you know, a lot of people are sad these days. 
There's a lot of sadness. Uh, there is a lot of sadness. And so, again, I didn't want to speak to that. I didn't want to, yeah. I, like, I want to go into the so, light, you know. But as an empath, you also understand that you have the power to make other people happy. So I was, it sounds like that's part of your goal is making other that's, people happy. That's, that's my job. So when I was mixing, I took great pride in mixing a show. And, but when I'm mixing a show, I'm not watching the show. I'm listening to the show. I'm, I'm okay, I'm, here comes the solo. I'm going to bump this up 3 dB. I'm, I need to change this. I need to put a little more low, you know, take the uh, high-pass filter up so that I can get the rumble out. If I'm lighting a show, I'm in that show. I am in that band. I am locked in with that drummer or that front man or front woman. And I am looking at the audience and I'm in, it's an emotional thing, you know? So I'm looking at what they're feeling and looking at the music and how it makes me feel. And I'm doing that. So it's a, it's an emotional release for me. It's the best, it's the best drug ever. Wow. You're, you, know, you sound like an audience member then. Well, I start, okay, this, I'm going to take, I'll take it back for a minute. I come coming out of Guns N' Roses and having seen the biggest productions with the pyro and the, the piano rising out of the stage and the trap doors and all of that kind of shit. I couldn't go to a show and have a good time. And I would go see a show and I'd be like, cool, but they're using this and I'm looking at the, the lights and the PA and the front of house desks and I'm, assessing it compared to Guns N' Roses or Genesis, you know, and not having a good time. And so 1995, I was working in a recording studio and my, my best friend at work with another guy, he says, let's take it. I want to go to this, go see this band fish. And I was like, nice. No, man, I'm a hippie. I'm not a hippie. I'm a, like Metallica <laughs> and tool and I'm like a grinder, you know, and I want to go, go, I got a leather jacket and, and I'm like, that's my John metal guy or whatever. Mm -hmm. I'm not metal at all. I don't have a tattoo one or nothing's pierced or whatever. Not that you have to be. But uh, <laughs> so I went to a fish show and I had a good time. And for one time I was not taking inventory. I said, these guys play two sets and there's no costume changes and there's no trickery and tomfoolery. And they're just, no, there's nothing to detract from the fact that this is happening right now. And so I did, I got on the train musically, visually, you know, blew everything out of the water I'd ever experienced because the moments that they create are, you know, Guns N' Roses create the same moment over and over and over and over. Right. Fish creates that same feeling, but the moment is never the same. You know, they, they, you, you have this, whoa, you know, it's going to go all white. You know, it's going to be the, the jam is going to blow up or whatever, but it's not, they, they played that song five days ago. The jam wasn't like that. You know, so so that kind of changed my perception again on on shows, and 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 I became a fan, and I decided what I liked and what I didn't like, and what what did I want to apply to my to my style, you know, and nice. um, and then I saw a a. Are you familiar with the musical box? Mm -mm. Check it out; it's unbelievable. The okay. musical box is from uh, Montreal. They create Genesis concerts, uh, Genesis concerts from the Gabriel era, okay, in in their absolute original form, down to the angle iron used on the cymbal trees and the the 
wigs and, and costume and every last nuance of these Gabriel performances. Okay. And so I was working in a local, in another hall in San Francisco, and I, we had the musical box, and they came in with a Soundcraft 32-channel console and no moving lights, park hands, drape, uh, slide, slide projectors, and the guy did the show in five colors. You know, the, the, the first song he had uh, one atom- or three atomics on the downstage that he did it, and then he never saw a strobe again. So it was nice. this... It's it's check it out. It's unbelievable. It, and okay. then I went musical box. So I, so I saw the show as a as a working it, and I was like, oh my god, this is so basic, but it's brilliant. And then uh, I went back and I looked at the Gabriel era stuff. I was like, oh my god, these guys did it to the to the mark. I mean, like I said, the angle irons and, and the way the symbol trees were built and all the, the the projections and they had the original artwork and. And uh, I saw the impact of that. And I started doing that to my shows. Well, how do I do one song in all white? How do I do one look that's, that, that, that goes away and you never see it again, but it sticks with you for the rest of the show? You know, things like that, uh, which just kind of, again, like a sponge. Oh, I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. I'm going to use that slide projection, but I'm going to do it with video and Resolume and, uh, you know, but I'm not going to shoot on a screen. I'm going to shoot on some muslin, you know, or just uh, taking ideas and adapting them and, and being changed by them is what, I guess what keeps me working or nice. keeps me in, keeps me interested. That is so inspiring. You are, you're so in depth into it. Like you, you notice a little bit of everything there. You're, T- Take take away what if what what affected you? Yeah, like besides fish, I went to saw Radiohead, uh, the OK Computer tour, and I mean Andy, boom, you know. Uh, and so I, you know, if you look at my shows, or if I were to say who the two designers that have influenced me, it's going to be what's well, going to be three. It's going to be Phil Ely from the Guns N' Roses days and the Park Hands, mm-hmm. because yep. I looked at those plots for years and was like, what's this guy doing? Uh, Chris Carota and. Yep. Uh, um, Oh man, I just had a total brain fart. And, and, and Andy Watson, you know, it just, just their, their stuff is one of a kind, you know, it's, 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 it's unique. And, and they, and they use their, their spectrum is completely different. You know, it's their, their use of media and everything. So, but look at what they're doing. What, what, what can I do that's to emulate that or to, to take that? I don't want to say one step for, further because, I don't ever think I'll be able to do that, but to take it in one similar direction or whatever to adapt it for my own use. It sounds like uh, you have uh, some very good, you have a good eye for uh, inspiration. Those are all uh, top level people there that uh, have lots to, lots to teach. Yeah. I, I, it's, and, but I learned it from them. Like, uh, just from watching and not from being taught, you know, Osmosis. yeah. Well, like, I mean, going out with work with tool and you work with Mark Jacobson. Okay. Mark, Mark is a genius, you know, and he's, he, he took a lot of time to talk about things and to, to go into, uh, to share knowledge and to, he was never once dismissive of what I did or didn't know. And, uh, you know, I was running the openers and he was like, here's the desk, go for it. Have whatever you want to do. Just, you know, just don't use my specials. Things awesome. like, 
you know, so they give you a chance to hone your skills and, and, and work with the most, you know, the most on point technology and, and, and have that kind of access, you know, like Chris Perotto's like, Hey, how's it going? I say, Hey Chris, what's up? Nice to see you again. There's no real, sharing of information. I mean, I, I don't think he even accepted my Facebook friend request, but, <laughs> but it, it doesn't matter. I don't, I I'm, would rather watch him be the man behind the curtain than have to know the ins and outs of what he's going to, you know, what he's doing. Cause I know what, I know the end result. I, I've seen enough of his shows. I know when it's going to be white. I know when it's going to be yellow before it goes white. Uh, but it doesn't make me, uh, it just jaded me a little bit, but I, I'm going to go back every time we keep going back don't we why why not it's better than anything else i see out there it makes oh, me man. feel it makes me feel better it influences my emotions i'm a guitar player uh I, i'm a musician you know like i to, to be able to jam with a band as a lighting guy that's that's a dream that's the dream that's the dream you you're as a when you're with jam bands you're kind of jamming along uh, oh 100 Corona and I, giffen that's what they're doing they're out there just jamming along I have People never, recognize. I have never formally cued a show in 15 years of doing this on the, on the automated side of things. Wow. I've written some cues for this and that, but I have never, never like done a song by song. I just, that's not how I work. I'll give you the same show every night, but it doesn't, you know, it, a lot of times you're, you're, you're doing a, you're doing a festival tour or you're on some crazy thing in Europe and you've one night you're in an opera house with 200 lights and the next day you're in, you're in some, uh, museum with like six park ants or something, you know, yeah. but the, sh the show has to be the same. It's yep. so, so I, I kind of build my, my workflow around a, a super bus kind of mentality. How do I cover every possible aspect of this? In a, in a busking environment uh and, it, and i do it the same way no matter what what console i'm working on if it's hog if it's ma it's just this the workflow is the same you know it sounds like across the spectrum you're just a a music lover in general i i don't uh, know if you could it, it, uh, yeah, 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 yeah 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 uh that, 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 that's the only i don't go to movies i don't uh i you know i mean I went to see, I saw, I tell you what, I saw Hamilton and blew my mind. That's a great show. Oh my God. Oh my God. I know it back to front to back now. And when I went in, I didn't know anything about it uh, other than you, the, the top level things, just like right. little, you know, and it blew my mind. The lighting design blew my mind. The next thing I know, I'm deep diving into that, into Hal's world and what's, what, how, what are these pictures and how are they doing that and look at these cues and then, and I've watched it probably 10 times on Disney now. And I'm looking at how did that, the, oh, they got that effect this way. And oh, there goes the, there's the boxes on the, uh, on the performance, on the, on the profiles. Yeah. Uh, you know, like things like that. And, and uh, so, yeah, I'm, I'm a, a, you know, Queen and Kiss and Pink Floyd. And that stuff was like, what we yes and Rush. And like, I grew up on all that stuff. Little Feet. Uh, yeah. so yeah, I'm like, I just, I love the music. I listen to jazz. Like when I drive, I don't listen to anything but jazz or classical. 
Really? That's going to be absolutely. escape then. Unless, unless I'm on the highway and I'm on a road trip. Yeah, absolutely not. No, nothing, nothing else. Classical and jazz. I drive better. I'm much more relaxed. Uh, my wife and I had a fight one day going to a show. We were driving through the city and I was rah, switching the radio and beep, 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 you know, and, and uh, the, it just was too much. It just like blew me out. And I was like, fuck it, let's put on some classical. And then I realized, oh, but so now I listen to classical music and jazz all day long. Sometimes it's, you know, like, like uh, deep EDM, but not like high tempo stuff, like, 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 uh, what they call it, deep house, you know, it just, it just has to be mood oriented. I mean, my wedding, I picked every single song. I said, told the DJ that you had to hire a DJ. <laughs> I said, you press the space bar once and you were done. You know what I mean? Like, like you let that roll. It doesn't. Ever, there's not a bad song on there. This is you, you, you know, like just you're, I, here's your six hundred bucks. I don't need anything. So <laughs> the night's yeah. already planned. Uh, yeah, yeah. Let me I, let me do your job for you. You know, because I because you're not going to do it to my specification or standard. You're, yeah. No matter what, you, how hard you try, you don't know me. So you, how could you? How could I expect you to play the songs that matter the most to me? You know, I'd rather just do it the way that I needed to do it. Oh, it makes me so upset when people don't respect uh, the DJ at a wedding because the DJ drives the wedding after the ceremony. Not it my is, wedding. <laughs> it's the music. It's the music that controls the rest of the evening. If, yeah, if you start yeah. playing some lemon songs, yeah, a, yeah. a wedding can take a, a left turn. Yeah. So, so you, you better really respect the DJ um, yeah. and know what you're getting into. Because that's the problem is a lot of people hire some guy who's a wedding DJ and the next thing you know, it's like Kesha's playing and that ain't okay. No. So uh, I scripted every song. I mean, even the, my, the walks down the aisle, every little piece was cut up and like, I just, it's just, yeah, it had to be, it had to be a certain way. Yeah, if the DJ starts doing like stupid uh, wedding games or something and you didn't Yeah, yeah I don't want to hear you talk. I don't want to hear you talk. Nope. You you play the songs I told you to play. Yeah, yeah, stick yeah. Stick to those. Yeah, and, and the thing is, is that 75% of the things on that playlist, nobody knew anyway, or 50%. Right. You no, know, they're either like a, 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 the original of some abstract cover or some, you know, like something that they've heard someone else do, but they didn't realize it was actually from the 50s. You know, just, I don't know. Yeah, Because you and I know that, that those musics, that music is a emotions. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. And if you start playing the wrong songs at a wedding, you're going to ruin, you're going to harsh my vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I was in a really bad mood the other day and I put on my, my reception playlist and I didn't skip a song. I was just like four hours of content. That's awesome. <laughs> I'll send you a link. It's good stuff. Right on. Well, I'm going to let you get to your, your son. I believe, I know I, I believe my wife picked him up. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I never I, the, the monitor didn't go off again, so we're we're still at it. That's amazing. That's uh, that's if that helps. That's cool. That's good to know. Uh, I do have a few more questions. Then yeah, that's, fire away. Uh, it sounds like you are uh, so into the music. Are you in this more for the art of it, and then the paycheck is just secondary? The paycheck is. I, uh, at the risk of shooting myself in the foot, the paycheck is almost inconsequential to the art. So 
Uh, That's honest. I I mean, it's, it costs X amount of dollars to get me out of the house for the day. Yep. Um, Regardless, uh, if you want, if we, if I see an opportunity to negotiate for more or you're looking at something larger scale, the budget's going to scale and the, 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 the design fees and the whatever scale a little bit, but, but ultimately uh, it's the art. It's the, the, it's the emotional uh, uh, attraction that I have with it or uh, uh, in a relationship because let's, let's say uh, there's a band, the local, local band here called the mother hips. Uh, they're a national band. They had yeah. a, a rise. They were oh, they opened for the black crows and they, Rick Rubin did a record and, and, but they never got past the certain tier. I love the music. I wouldn't, I, I'll do a show for them for almost no money or for free if they really asked me to do it for free, but for little to no money, knowing they don't have the budgets because mm-hmm. I don't want to go to the, to the show and watch the house guy who doesn't care, not be into the music, not, a, not, not attached to it and have the show be impacted that way. Yeah. So I would rather not take the hit, but break even, or at least cover my, you know, what I feel is acceptable for my time to go in and, and, and do the show, you know, that's, that's because of the art and that the music deserves that level of attention. Um, And if you're, you've hired me to do that, I want to take whatever, however, you know, you, you picture it being, and I picture it being, I want us to get there. You know, I want that, that your, I want your fans to have that experience. I want the band to have that experience. Uh, and that doesn't always happen, but, but that's the goal. So it's less about the money and more about what, what can we do that's really cool here? You know? So let's say you had, let's say the mother hips reach out to you and like, Hey, we just need you to do two nights for X half of X. Yeah. And then in the middle of the show of the first night, you get a call to go do a show for X times three. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do in that situation? Are you going to, you going to stick by your, your initial uh, thing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Your uh, rule of first booking, you know, yep. and if you, it'd be one thing if it was a local show and okay. uh, if I, if it was like two shows in San Francisco, I know that I could bring in someone, bring someone to that desk, you know, okay. and, and talk to the band. And if the, if it was a problem with the band, I would definitely talk to the band first. Never got it. But, but, find that middle ground. But if it was something that they'd flown me into or, you know, absolutely not. We're here. We're, we're doing it. We're, this is my job because your word, once you break your word, you're screwed. Yeah. You know, whether other people get word of that or not, it's, it, I'm broken. If I break it, if I tell you I'm going to do something and I don't do it. It feels bad. Yeah. 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 And as an empath, empath I don't <laughs> want to feel bad. I hate feeling bad. It sucks. It sounds like you've, uh, you're so aware of your empathy that you, you've kind of put yourselves in the better positions to, to maintain your own sanity. I try to, I try to, uh, I, yeah, that's a whole other conversation. Uh, some stuff I was, yeah, just, I'll tell you offline if you're interested, it's, it's, it has to do like some couple of years in high school and being away. Okay. So I learned a lot of things, did a lot of emotional growth. Okay. Uh, and garnered a lot of tools to kind of understand myself 
and understand how people affect me or how I affect other people or how I affect myself. Yeah. So, so that, and that's the ultimate one, the, the number three, uh, to yep. try and keep tabs on because you can really screw yourself up. I feel like that's how a lot of us end up in this industry because the first time we're in a room filled with people sitting in the darkness, staring the same direction, receiving a message of, of love and, and community of, rock, of whatever, of, of yeah. rock, of, you know, a face melting. Yeah. Whatever. They're, they're, everyone's, it's unity. No matter what, in what venue you're in, everyone's there for the same reason to take yeah. this, to take in the spectacle that is X. And the waiting for it and the just sitting in a room and then waiting for, as soon as the house lights go out, oh. everybody knows what that means. Dude, it means I'm going to cry. I mean, not back in the day, no, but the next time I, I am in that room and those lights come down, whoo. Man, the next time I get to say house lights go and, and fucking people cheer, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tear up uh, for sure. Yeah, no, I mean, I got goosebumps just, talk, just thinking about it. I just talked to Mark Janowitz the other day and he just walked on stage. He Nothing else. He did nothing beyond walk onto a stage. And he, he broke down. He's like, dude, I had no idea how cathartic it is to just step onto a stage. I, I can't even, yeah, I, I, our venue did the same thing. They had an open house the other day or about two weeks ago for their selling merch and cocktails to go and little bits of food out of the front door. And I went up there just to take my unemployment money and buy a couple of drinks and try and support the place I've worked for 15 years. And they opened the door and let me walk in the door. Whoa. damn it was curtains it was like i had i just thought i was gonna walk up here buy a drink or two say hi to my friends i didn't ever you know with covid and i didn't I, you know i felt almost like a like a oh my gosh i'm going inside but to walk in that room was, was powerful yeah to just know all the things that have happened in there and oh yeah i kept thinking like 15 years of shows and and thousands and thousands of memories and, and, and all of the people associated with those memories. And uh, it was really crazy. I mean, you know, maybe more so than walking into a, an arena or a, a theater where you haven't spent a lot of time. I'd love walking into an empty theater. I love that feeling so much. <laughs> oh, I... Yeah, just you and the ghost light. Yeah, it's, 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 and, and being a lighting guy, you get that, that you get that opportunity quite often. You know, yeah. if, if you're not, you know, other than the rigor, you're, you're there. First one in, last one out to mm. be the ones to hear the ghosts that start to inhabit the rigging when you leave a theater, you know? Oh, yeah. God, those, those are the moments. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's, 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 it's trippy. I'm I'm gonna lie right now and say that we're out of time because I'm I'm getting too far into this right now. I uh, <laughs> I feel like we've gone we've gone to a place where I have to sit and just uh, go sit in a dark room and reflect for a little while. This is great, Hunter. Thank you so much for taking the time. I we totally went to that place that I, I we had discussed. This is this is it, man. This Sweet. is this is the moment where I'm like, man, this is this is why we do this, and this is why it's so tough right now to. <sighs> To just sit back and and we can do everything. We can light things up red. We can 
you know, hashtag this, we can reach, but without what's, without the core of what we're doing right now, this is, this is a tough time for all of us. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I, I, you see, you sum it up right there. It's, uh, and, until it's house lights go, um, we are holding, Yep. you know, and so you guys doing your, your, your thing now that you were talking about the UV technology and yep. like, like anything we can do to get back to house lights go, man. Um, I, I couldn't agree with you more. All right, man. Thank you so much. Yeah. I'm going to send, I'll send you a, a, an email follow up here and, and my little red house. Yeah. I, I want to hear about the music box for sure too. <laughs> oh dude. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's unbelievable. You just have to kind of see it. And it's, it's, uh, they just do it that way. The old, it's as analog as it could get. And it's, 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 it changed my whole perception again. of like, here's the first song let's blow the, the wad with the three strobes and, and the disco ball. And then you never see it again, the entire show. But it was such a, it was such a moment that you think, well, I'm not going to do that, but how do I do that? How do I find the moment? How do, how do I make, Oh, I'm going to make one song every show, every, every show I do, I make one song all white nice. and one, and one song all orange or CTO. You know, I try to do things like, like no rainbows you asked we had that comp that you mentioned that arc about mm-hmm. if a rainbow chase is a good idea or a bad idea it's a bad idea okay i'm uh, just sorry <laughs> it's a bad idea uh three colors four you're starting to get greedy yeah you know you know let the video guys and the, the other guys do their thing let the scenic let the band do their thing but like keep it keep it flowing modularly you know, I, I, I'm less, I, and I'm also the same guy who, even with the jam band, I, I, you know, Chris has got a lot of stuff going on and he's, he's kind of got to keep moving through looks for people. Whereas when I'm doing a jam band, I'm trying to keep the same feeling for the song. So it's going to be, if it's an orange song, I, let's, let's go orange and then the jam comes, let's, we'll do our jammy thing, but let's get back to orange. You know, let's, let's, so I, those kinds of things I started picking from like the old Genesis. They didn't have a lot of, they didn't know moving lights. It was park hands and gel and, and curtains, mm-hmm. you know, but, and the, and a white muslin on the stage. Oh, gee, what a difference that makes. Or a spotlight cue, a spotlight cue, you know, an iris down onto a, a piece of white scenery at the end of a song. Boom. Oh, what a great idea. You know, like, how do I do that? Those are the moments we try yeah. and recreate. Yeah, yeah. So, so th- that's the influence. That's the and then the, it, it it had such an impact on me. I carry it and try and do take those things and you know do I need to credit them for it? I mean, I will, but it's like I don't need to go. Well, Diver is from Genesis to go all white or you know <laughs> I'd be talking all freaking day. You know. <laughs> Oh man, we could easily fill another podcast. We need, we need, we should do this again. <laughs> Put it on the books, whatever. <laughs> I, right, I tell you what, I don't think, I don't think I'm going to be busy again for at least 12 more months. So, and that's oh, a, a really unfortunate, but I think it's also fairly realist, realistic. And I'm not trying to leave this on a bad note. So hopefully we'll all get out there sooner. Yeah, let's uh, get out there as soon but, as possible. But if, if this is continuing and you want to, you want to pick it back up, I'm, I'm more yeah. than happy to. Uh, everybody, everybody wash your hands. Everybody wear a mask. Absolutely. Get some UVC technology so we can get back to this as soon as possible. 
Yeah. All right. You get to work so that we can get to work. Thanks, Hunter. Yeah, Chris, thank you so much.